1: Uh this is not a song i know. There's
2: no song right now. I'm I'm sad cuz cuz Rev uh couldn't make it. Uh so it's just throwing the whole thing out of whack. What should we sing for Rev? It
1: should be uh We didn't start the fire. But it was
0: always burning since <laughs> <'cause> the world <laughs> we, we didn't, didn't start, start the and the fuego.
1: Fire. Yeah.
2: <laughs> I don't know the other words.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome to the Command Zone. I'm your host Jimmy Wong.
2: How's it? It's Jocely Quiet. We, Wait, what? I think it should have been. It should have been the roof. The, the roof. roof. The, the roof, roof is on fire. On. it's not on fire though. It's not. Yeah, the roof is doused. It's cooled off yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, yeah, it's cooled off because no Reverend in Fuego today. He unfortunately could not make it. I think. I guess things got. A little too crazy on Wheel of Fortune.
1: Yeah, he spun his way right into, I don't know. He said he had another
2: taping to do, which is sweet. So maybe he was on a couple of episodes. Who knows? I think he got the last taping. The way that I think it works is that Uh. they give you sort of, it's kind of like when DirecTV comes to your house and they're going to hook something up and they give you like a window between then and then (laughs) that they're going to show up. And they always show up at the very last. They never show up at the beginning. So I think that he got the last taping Uh. of the day. And then something about like he lost, Something happened with the place he was supposed to stay at. And yeah, so we he's had with to, his like, fiance as well. so Yeah, so we had to book a new hotel and all kinds of stuff and blah, blah, blah. So it just fell apart. Um, so we're sad that Rev's not going to be here, but it's okay. It's okay. We'll get him on some other time. Because uh, he's, a, he's a hop, skip
1: away on Skype anyway.
2: So Maybe we'll have to go up to Seattle at some point and, uh, and we'll get him up there. That would be a blast.
1: Uh, but today we have a fun episode. Um, we are talking about some exciting announcements and also addressing a topic that people have asked us about before, which is the reserved list. But before we get into that, we have a couple of small announcements.
2: Yes. Okay. So the live stream, which is going to be episode 100, this is just a reminder, we are going to be doing the live stream on Twitch on March 12th, which is a Saturday. We don't have a time yet. We will be announcing that soon. Uh, So pay attention to us on Twitter or the episode 99, which will be the episode before the live stream, we'll have the time, the exact time, but it'll be sometime during that day on
1: the 12th of March. And please let us know on Twitter or over email if there is a specific reason that a certain time works better. A couple of people have got, gotten back to us, so it's just good to compile all the information we have so we can get the show out to as many people as possible.
2: Uh, another announcement we have is that we just found out I contacted um, our I contacted our contact yeah. at uh, Delray Spectra, whos who we've partnered up with and given books away before. And the winners of the Elfstones of Shannara contest, which was held A few weeks back, um, there was a snafu, some miscommunication. Those books haven't been sent out yet, but they're getting sent out now. So we worked that out. Luckily, a listener emailed and was like, hey, I won (laughs) this book, but I haven't received it. Um, And then I checked in with Del Rey and I was like, did you guys send this stuff yet? And they were like, oh, crap, we forgot. So it's going out. If you won one of those books, it should be in the mail on the way to you by the time you're hearing this. So hopefully you've received them. And also, that's a good lesson – Anytime you win something on our show, if for some reason after a few weeks, five or six weeks, you haven't received the stuff yet, totally email us and check in because we're, you know, stuff happens once in a while where we think we sent it or we sent it to the wrong address or, you know, we're dealing with other people who are sending things. And so make sure you get the prizes that you win.
1: Um, Also, we will not have a show next week. We're taking a one episode break between episode 98 and 99 because we're going to get to 100 on the 12th. That episode comes out on March 15th, so we're not going to have an episode next week, just so you guys know.
2: Sorry. Sorry. Happy March. No you knew we were going to do it, because we need that one extra week to plan the 100th episode. So Exactly. <laughs> it's going to be pretty cool. We're, we've got a lot of ideas swirling. We're also going to give away quite a bit of stuff oh, yeah. on that live stream, so if you can watch it, I would just clear a couple hours on that saturday so that you're ready it to watch the live be stream because it, it. yeah it'll be worth your while. Wow. i might give away
1: something from the personal collection who knows
2: wow 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 wow
0: wow
1: wow it's one of the 20 mina and dens i've opened in oath of the gate watch <laughs> i have, I have so more copies i have more copies of that card than any <laughs> other card i think in my entire collection i actually
2: got two in the pre-release really yeah oh did you play red green no i did not bummer yeah um Anyway, <laughs> so on to the main topic. There was a really exciting announcement made this week. If you haven't heard. It caters to us. It caters a lot to us. They announced the summer sort of, what do they call this? The Supplemental set. Supplemental set. So it's in the Modern Masters uh, conspiracy slot uh, of the year. And they announced it. And it's called Eternal Masters. Woo-wee. It's pretty... I mean... We there were
1: some rumors floating around about this. Well, there's all kinds of rumors. Yeah, now they're... Yeah, it's... <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's been a freaking rumor mill.
2: Yeah, it's... There's been crazy amounts of rumors, so much so that the cops are showing up <laughs> to arrest the rumor... If, I don't know if you can hear the sirens. Anyway, there's sirens outside. Um, So... Eternal Masters, I don't know, do you want to read the official description? Yes, official description. Take a step outside time with Eternal
1: Masters. This exciting set lets you draw on some of the most sought-after cards from throughout the history of Magic, some with new artwork, to enhance your cube or your favorite Commander, Vintage, and Legacy decks. Eternal Masters is designed to be a unique and enjoyable draft experience, much like Modern Masters. It will not contain cards from the reserve list, but it will feature many exciting Eternal staples,
2: including... After the including, they showed us two cards, Force of Will, now at Mythic Rare. Which it should be. Uh,
1: Up from Uncommon, by the Uh, way. That's a double boost. That's a
2: double boost. (laughs) And Wasteland, printed at Rare. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, what is
1: happening outside?
2: They are totally coming for those Eternal Masters. They're like, we heard Eternal Masters is here. Hey, guys, (laughs) knocking on the window, we would like a Force of Will for our deck uh
1: this is really exciting this is crazy i mean this is pretty crazy
2: they're reprinting force of will
1: yeah which wasn't uncommon by the way i keep forgetting this right now it's like a 60 to 70 dollar card and that's obviously it's a mythic level card the card is ridiculously powerful it's played all throughout legacy and vintage um it's kind of the
2: card that keeps legacy sort of in check yeah that's a very good point it's like a marquee card of the format i mean legacy is a brainstorm format in that almost all the decks play Brainstorm, if they can, and almost all the decks play blue, but yeah. Force of Will is what sort of stops the crazy shenanigans of, like, turn zero wins, basically. Yeah, because it's the... I mean, it's
1: there are a lot of cards in Magic's history that cost zero, uh, like the the Pact series and cycle and stuff, so Force of Will is definitely up there in terms of power level, because you can not die in turn one. That's great.
2: Yeah, so if you don't know, Force of Will is a uh, an instant that costs three and two blue, but... You can cast it from your hand without paying its mana cost if you discard a blue card from your hand. Exile. Exile a blue card from your hand and pay one life. One life, big deal. And it counters a spell. Mm -hmm. So it's a free counter spell, quote-unquote. It is card disadvantage because basically you have to discard... Or sorry, exile a blue card. Um, But it does things no other card can really do. Even Pact of Negation, you can't play on turns one through four, basically, Mm -hmm. because you need to pay the five mana to not lose the game after that. Yeah. So Force of Will is... There's really not a card like it.
1: Yeah, I would say Misdirection is the closest you'll get, uh, where you can exile a blue card from your hand instead of paying for Misdirection, but it's a very specific counter spell. It's a spell that changes, changes the, target the target of a spell, spell. Yeah. yeah. Which is really interesting. So Eternal Masters is very exciting. We only have two cards that we know as of this recording that are going to be in the set, and it's going to be released June 10th, 2016, on paper, and June 17th online. 249 cards. Every single one of them is going to be a reprint. And uh, it's an expensive set. It's that's modern pretty, masters prices.
2: Yeah, it's going to be basically the exact same price as Modern Masters. It'll be 9.99, that's the MSRP anyway, in paper. Mm-hmm. And then online it'll be 699. And I don't know if we said this. Uh, it's going to release June 10th in paper, but June 17th online. So it won't be a redeemable set online, so you won't be able to turn the online digital product into actual physical cards. <laughs> Very smartly, so yeah. because that would be ridiculous. And also, you couldn't have the price differential if you did something like that. Yeah, and each
1: pack is going to have one foil. So, so there like will be masters. foil
2: Force of Wills.
1: Yes, that is crazy. Well, there is a Judge promo already, right. but this is now how much up- is that br- Judge promo worth? I think it's probably
2: past $300 easily so that's going to be what these are probably worth it, it's because it's printed at mythic rare and the limited print run which this set's going to be yeah the amount of force wheels like entering the market won't really change the price I don't think similar to Tarmogoyf when it came out in uh the first Modern Masters. Holy moly, this is a $650 card. So that's what we call, I mean, Expeditions on Steroids.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um, very exciting, though. Um, we can talk about, a lot about sort of what will happen to the price of stuff, but that's not what this show is about. This show is basically uh, about getting really stoked about cards that are very <laughs> hard to get for our format and are very good in Commander. Yeah, I Falcival am totally
2: stoked for this set. Yeah, uh, It's going to be great for us. It's just going to give us the ability to get a hold of a bunch of stuff that was hard to get a hold of before. I mean, Force yep. of Will, I had to buy one a little while ago for the Mizics. Yeah, and I spent like sixty-two bucks on it. Yeah, you know, and and my justification in my head for doing that was just like it's Force of Will. I don't own one. I can splurge on one of these because it's such a marquee card in in Magic. And at the time, you were probably like, they're probably not going to reprint this anytime soon. Yeah. Yeah. You had no idea. I had no idea. I'm not mad that it's getting reprinted either, because like I said, I don't think the price on the Mythics will change that much. There just won't be that many of them coming into the market. We should say um, they're not going to be doing the cardboard packaging that they did for the second Modern Masters. Yeah, that messed up some cards because it would scuff them on the sides, and it was an
1: experimental packaging, and I'm glad they did it, Uh, but I don't think it is something that worked as effectively as they may have hoped it would have.
2: Yeah, there was also, like, people talking about being able to sort of open them and take out the cards and change the cards and then close them so you couldn't tell, so there's that going on, so I'm glad they're not doing that. And the boxes will only contain 24 booster packs, again, very similar to uh, Modern Masters. Which is a full draft set, by the way. It is meant to draft. You know, it said that right in the um, description, the official description that we read. So... And then the first format they listed was Commander. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, no, they said Cube. Enhance your Cube or your favorite Commander deck, Vintage, and Legacy decks. Okay, fine, we're second. (laughs) But both things that are sort of your not necessarily
1: quote-unquote casual, but more on the kitchen table side of things. For sure. Very exciting. Uh, There, however, is not going to be a GP Vegas or the equivalent of that for Eternal Masters. If you guys remember... Uh, Yeah, I know. For both Modern Masters sets, they had GP Vegas... And they also had like GP Chiba and somewhere Utrecht, I think. Yes, it
2: was the largest GP in the world last
1: last year when we went to Vegas. And it would
2: have been so sweet if there was another GP Vegas. We for would 100 percent have another meetup for sure. That was the best, and just getting to hang out with everybody. That's the only really sad thing about this whole deal. But I mean, <laughs> like I don't blame them. It's fine. It just would have been nice if there was. But yes, sadness. No GP Vegas this year. Next year. Next year. I'm assuming. I'm assuming, too. I mean, we don't know.
1: Yeah, you never really do know. Um, But now let's talk about... So Eternal Masters, it says uh, it is not going to contain cards from the reserved list, which is Wizards upholding their promise. So let's talk about the reserved list and what it is, why it exists, and what are some key cards that we know that aren't going to be in Eternal Masters because they
2: are on the reserved list. Right. So we've talked about the reserved list a couple of times on the show before. It stems from... Historically, a moment in Magic's past that was pretty rocky. So, Magic came out, there was Alpha, there was Beta, there was Unlimited, there was Legends, Arabian Nights, Antiquities, a bunch of sets, but it was still pretty early. These sets came out like pretty quickly. So, what happened is that people wanted a lot of the old cards, quote unquote, old. They were like a year old, maybe two years old mm-hmm. at the time. Um, And so they printed a set called Chronicles. Yeah. And Chronicles was their first reprint set. It was sort of their first greatest hit set, right? Fourth edition, too. I think they were both right next to each other. Well, fourth edition was a core set, kind of. So it was similar to revised, Mm -hmm. you know. And they hadn't... In Chronicles, they printed some cards that were uh, worth a lot of money. And they printed Chronicles in an amount, as far as the print run, that really tanked the prices of those cards and they were also white-bordered so they were just inferior in general they were white-bordered at the time the plan if i recall it correctly was that on an original card the first time it was printed it would be black-bordered mm-hmm. but when it saw a reprint then it would be white-bordered so that's why the core sets were white-bordered because they were all reprints even though there was like sarah angel Shivan dragon Sangir vampire those were like cards that were just sort of always in the core sets they weren't reprinting yeah. black lotuses in like revised and stuff. But Chronicles came out. They didn't reprint power like the Moxon and stuff. But because there were other cards that were valuable that they did reprint and it tanked the prices on those, what happened is everybody else was like, well, what if in the very next set you do reprint Black Lotus? There's nothing to stop you from doing that. Mm -hmm. And so consumer confidence in magic cards and their value just plummeted. And this was a moment in time where a lot of people left the game. And so. Which is crazy because if
1: you think about the prices of what those cards were compared to what they are now, you would scoff, be like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me?
2: Yeah, I've told the story on the show before of looking in the case and seeing the Black Lotus and it was like $15 or $12 or something like that. And me thinking in my head, well, I could buy the Black Lotus or I could buy like six packs of Legends. Yeah. And I went with the packs of Legends. Because I was a kid. Like a smart boy. Yeah. And I was just thinking, like, well, well why do I want one card if I can get six packs worth of cards? Yeah. Um, which is crazy now and would make me way more mad except for that all my cards got flooded out anyway. So even if I had a Black Lotus, <laughs> the end would be the same. But uh, that was right around when Chronicles happened. And actually, the price of Black Lotus and all the moxon at that point did did drop, even though they weren't reprinted. Because so many people...
1: Or afraid.
2: They were like, nope, I'm cashing out. I'm getting out of this game. Because at any time, Wizards can just make any money I've spent on this game worth nothing. You know, people don't realize, but at at the time Magic came out, there'd been nothing like it. Yeah. And so everything was kind of based sort of on like baseball cards and stuff. Because most card shops that were selling Magic cards were actually sports card shops. Mm -hmm. That sort of were just, well, we sell cards. We'll sell this thing too. I don't even know what it is.
1: People seem to like it.
2: Yeah, and people were thinking like, oh, Black Lotus is like Michael Jordan's rookie card. Yeah. Or it's like Mickey Mantle or something. But then Mickey Mantle, you can never reprint his rookie card because if you print it 20 years later... He's certainly not a rookie anymore. And it's it won't be that original card because the date on that card matters. Black Lotus is different. Mm-hmm. The functionality of the Black Lotus is what matters. And so anytime you print it, it will have that functionality. And so that's what they thought. Even though I think now we've found like, oh, alpha cards are worth more than beta cards, which are worth more than unlimited cards. And so they do retain some value because of when they were printed. Mm -hmm. At the time, that wasn't as clear. Yeah, just because the
1: game had only been out for a few years or whatever. There's not enough time to really be like, oh, you can't get alpha cards anymore. They're incredibly hard to find.
2: Yeah. I mean, they were hard to find at that moment, but nobody really... I was having this conversation on Twitter today... And I have this conversation all the time with the professor from Tillaran Community College because he's <laughs> aghast at that I don't double sleeve my cards, and I often don't sleeve my cards at all when I'm like drafting. And I'm like, yeah, I I'm- think it's an intimidation
1: tactic when you draft.
2: Maybe I don't. I, I it's, actually I'm just lazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I also come from the era where we didn't care. Yeah. You know, we put rubber bands around our cards, and I like, did too. Yeah, and, and I had dual I lands <laughs> and whatever, and and but still in my mind, it's a game. And people talk about like sleeving cards. Back then, it would have been like sleeving the money in Monopoly. Yeah, that's how we felt about it. Now it's turned out to be that that was would have been dumb, and it probably was to put rubber bands around it. But at the time, that was just a prevalent attitude. Yeah, we would play on the sidewalk
1: next to our school all the time on gravel and yeah. just not care.
2: Yeah, like I said, like if you were playing Monopoly with your friends, you wouldn't sleeve up all the little like Park Place and Boardwalk Boardwalk cards, would you? Someone might. Yeah, <laughs> but that's what it felt it's a like. It's
1: collector's edition Monopoly, Josh. Yeah, it's true. Um, so the reserve list is actually a very big list of cards. I think Wizards was like, okay, fine. Uh, uh, here are all the cards that we're not going to reprint. So they put commons and uncommons on there. They have all these cards from uh, Ice Age. Uh, uh, no, sorry. They did not have cards from Ice Age originally. They had Arabian Nights, Antiquities, Alpha Beta.
2: Yeah, so what happened is... Because of the fallout, because all the people were going crazy, people were leaving the game, they were selling their cards. Wizards to sort of stem that bleeding, to you know, put their finger in the hole in the dam, they said, Okay, mm-hmm. we messed up. We understand now, you know, what a big deal this is and what sort of precedent we're setting by reprinting cards like this. And so we we're appreciate gonna appreciate you, the buyer. So we're gonna make a promise. And they said, Here's a big list of cards. And we promise we will never reprint them and we won't print functional reprints. So Mm -hmm. even we couldn't just change the name, call it like sad (laughs) lands and it comes, it's a land that comes in the battlefield on tap and taps for red or black. Right. You know, we'll uphold the spirit of this promise also. And so, That's where the reserve list comes from, the idea of it. Mm -hmm. It all stems from the Chronicles set and the Fallout from that. And there have been some changes to it over the years. Yeah, notably, uh, they had all the cards from
1: Alpha and Beta that weren't reprinted in 4th edition or Ice Age. So this includes just like Hill Giant. Yep. (laughs) Were on the reserve list. So they removed those. They put cards from Ice Age on, and they revised it twice, I think. Once in 2002 and then
2: once in 2010. If you look at the reserve list, if you go online... We can't talk about every card because it's big. Um, You'll notice there's some really weird stuff on there. Mm -hmm. And they basically... They weren't sure which cards were going to be worth money and which weren't. So they just took anything that was of any rarity level that wasn't like just crazy. Yeah. You know, super common. And they just threw it on there. So there's some stuff on there. You're like, why is that on the reserve list? That's not worth anything. They didn't know at the time. They weren't... You know, they were just... They were doing it on future value. Mm -hmm. I mean, they knew... Black Lotus and Moxin and ancestral Recall was worth something because it was already worth a bit then, but they didn't know what a lot of the other cards like from Fallen Empires would, you know, what the demand would be for those. So yeah, that's why you just have some odd, bizarre cards on there. And if you guys just look up
1: reserved list, even without the word magic, they'll be the first thing you find.
2: So yeah, it has been altered a little bit. I think for a while they were allowed to print premium versions of the cards on the reserve list. That's why there's like a uh cradle Mm -hmm. uh foil version even though it's on the reserve list so then they they sort of plugged that loophole too at some point and said no we're not even going to do that anymore
1: yeah so it's 2010 they allowed it in 2011 they said no you can't have premium or non-premium versions of these cards either
2: so it just means boom there is now no reprinting of any cards on the reserve list um and i believe it stops at mercadian masks is that the set where I believe there's no reserve up to
1: uh, Tempest Stronghold? Urza. I think it goes up to Urza's Destiny.
2: Yeah, so Mercadian Mass was right after the Urzas block, yeah. and after that, there's no reserve list. So anything that comes out Mercadian, Mercadian Mass or later is not on the reserve list. So yeah. they are allowed to reprint it. I'm just sad because this card named Kukus is never going to get reprinted.
1: <laughs> I, don't even I just know saw other this. Card. I just saw this for the first time. It's K O O K U S Kukus. It's an awful creature. What is it? During your up, it's a three red red three five trampled gin. During your upkeep, at the beginning of your upkeep, if you don't control a creature named Keeper of Kukis, it deals three damage to you and has to attack this turn, and then it has fire breathing. All right, that sounds not. Like, why is that on the reserve list? Keeper well, of Kukus isn't on the reserve list, but Kukus is.
2: <laughs> well, that sucks. The keeper of the Kukus. The keeper is not? is
1: not. Yeah. Well, that's because the keeper. I didn't is even know there was a cardian keeper of Kukus. Good lord. The keeper is
2: keeping Kukus all cooped up. Yeah. Kuk- keeper of Kukus is a goblin. Keeper of Kukus is a tongue twister. It is indeed. Well, let's talk about really quickly what some of the key cards in the reserve list that we might think of in Eternal Masters as like. Hey, I would want this, but right. they can't be. So, like the dual lands. Dual, oh yes, the dual lands is sort of the the OG
1: dual lands. They come into play untapped. They can tap for two colors. They are the best uh, fixing lands in the game.
2: They're totally the gatekeepers of the Legacy format too. They are the big stopgap. The cost of dual lands is very high, and that's a, just a big reason why Legacy as a format is so expensive. Just because the mana bases require a bunch of three hundred dollar lands or mm-hmm. one hundred and seven dollar lands. Um, the power 9 is obviously on the reserve list so all the mocks in the black lotus ancestral recall time twister time uh time walk time walk yeah um what's another
1: cards like moths Oh, Rafelos, Llanowar emissary there you go uh Yogmoth's will these are all sort of legacy staples in a way also really um, good cards in commander very good cards in commander yeah uh rafellos not not so much because he's uh, a yeah. too good <laughs> for
2: commander um tabernacle at pendril vale, which we've talked about a few times is yeah. a card on the reserve list uh candelabra of Thanos. Mm-hmm. very very good card not banned in our format but isn't is it banned in our format no no, no. um but super super good um
1: is Cradle, which we mentioned. Yeah. Chains of Mephistopheles, a card that we still do not know how it works. <laughs> but
2: it would I wish they could reprint it because it would be so awesome to just play it and just
1: have arguments about how yeah. exactly it works. Uh, there's Angus McKenzie, who is Wedge's favorite commander.
2: Oh, yeah. A lot of the legends from Legends. And Angus McKenzie's not broken at all. No. <laughs> but just, and that's why that's an expensive card, actually.
1: Yeah. Um, stuff like Jester's Mask, too, which is like one of those iconic cards. That and Jessica's Cap. Although I think the Cap is allowed to be reprinted but the mask not so much
2: so what do you let's have a discussion here really quick because i'm curious what do you think about the reserve list is it good should it continue should it be abolished i think it's a necessary evil
1: because it's been in place for so long Uh if it was something that wizards did and then they found a way to get around it quickly then it would be something we did not have to worry about but they've had it around for so long so many players are heavily invested in some of these staples like the power nine and the dual lands and those cards are not cheap by any means and they've only gotten more expensive over time so i feel like wizards put themselves in their own sort of sort of tough to get out of spot because they didn't give themselves much room for leeway and when they did in 2010 when they're like okay we can reprint like judge foil versions of these cards they had to rescind that so this has been around for way too long and i think it's just at the point where it can never be removed it's been around since
2: 96 yeah, it's basically been around for almost as long as the game has existed. Besides the first like eighteen yeah. months, two years, um, and it's also doesn't really affect the game of
1: Magic that much if you think about it, because it's a collectible card game at the end of the day, and a lot of these cards are just straight collectible. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna find your average player being able to play Ancestral Recall because they just don't want to play that format. They want to play Standard. Or it's draft. true,
2: but it does affect us. It does affect Commander a lot of it the, does. especially the dual lands. A lot of the best cards are on the reserve list. They're very expensive. Um, I, I, it does affect players for our format, I would say, more than... Obviously, it doesn't affect Standard and Modern. It's Legacy and Commander. Yeah. Um, Which is tough,
1: but at the same time, like out of the, I don't know, 200 cards that are on the reserve list, however many card th- cards there are, maybe only 20 to 30 of them are really huge in our format.
2: Right, but there are a lot of more lands that can be played in any deck, and it does sort of stink. I mean, we, we have dual lands, so we're on the other side of the fence, but I totally get it when you're playing against somebody and they just don't, they didn't play then, yeah. or, you know, they're not as heavily invested in the game. And, like, you just have a huge advantage. Yeah. Just because your lands are way better, and lands are sort of the centerpiece of the whole game. And they really do help your deck do what it wants to do
1: um, because they're fetchable, they have, you know, they're just the best lands in the game and that's it and if you if you wanted to fully maximize the power of your deck you would run every single one of them that you could in each deck but you do think that reserve list should stick around i think so i
2: think they're just at the point where it's just impossible to not have it stick around yeah I, a lot of people are calling for their reserve list to be abolished i think there's i think as Hashtag a player abolish the reserve list. yeah as a player i agree yeah like as just like a guy who likes magic I totally, it would be awesome if the reserve list was gone. But there are downsides, and I understand why Watsi doesn't do it and can't do it. As a business, it's a really, it's just too risky of a decision to make. And I think also Wizards, they'll make noises about like, I think I've heard Morrow say that uh, the reserve list is annoying and it's hard, and he wishes it wasn't there. And that's I think he, I don't think he's lying but I think there's also reasons why it exists that are helpful to Wizards it's mm. helpful to the game of magic to the mystique of it to the brand True. to have cards that are worth thousands of dollars like no other game has that Yeah, Pokemon doesn't have that Yu-Gi-Oh! doesn't have that you have real value to your cards that is just uh, um, an aura that the game of magic has that other similar games do not so mm-hmm. I think that's very helpful to them a very good point
1: um also i i would imagine that they have to fit like every time it's like should we get rid of the reserve list pros and cons pros well not that many more people are going to be super happy to buy into these old cards and formats that we don't support cons imagine the uproar i mean wizards already gets enough craziness from people from them doing tiny decisions could you
2: imagine something like th- this level would just blow up super I think, hard I don't feel. know I think a lot of people would be really happy I think there has to be more people that play magic that don't have this stuff than that have it that's true but there'd be a whole bunch of people who have either none of this stuff or some of it but that would tank prices to the point where it would do what Chronicles did I think on some level which is like am I ever going to buy a Tarmogoyf mm-hmm. for $150 if they show the willingness to just tank prices on everything like i'll never spend more than ten dollars on a card again yeah it's true because at some point they have to reprint it like look they reprinted the reserve list they reprinted dual lands they didn't care that people had tens of thousands of dollars invested in it so what's yeah. going to make them care that i've got a couple thousand dollars invested in it true and and that's that precedent is very dangerous for them to set i think that's as a, a yeah as a collector i would
1: be very scared of a reprint of the reserve list because I do have cards that I've had since I was a kid that I'm very happy are now worth more than they were and I can play with them in my decks as well.
2: But I mean, even if you're not, even if you don't have the cards, like everybody talks about like, oh, the people with the cards will be hit by this. The people with none of those cards will be hit by it too because let's just, we've seen other games like Pokemon, like Yu-Gi-Oh! where they do a ton of reprinting and the prices of cards can sort of dramatically drop. Yeah, yeah all the time and people don't like that like imagine your binder just imagine it in your head and all your expensive cards are in it now imagine that every one of those cards is only worth two dollars is that good do you want that i'm crying yeah everybody's crying if that happens even though you know that seems like it would be good it would mean i could play any deck in standard i could play any deck in modern i could Mm -hmm. play any deck in legacy but part of the allure of the game is drawing getting those expeditions getting that mythic rare that it's worth this amount of money getting a hold of these cards that are hard for other people to get a hold of so when you play it they're like "Ooh, you have one of those that's part of magic and taking that away there's upside and there's downside I just I, I do understand like I said I would be happy to see it go because the game of magic would be like everything would be possible to you but mm-hmm. at the same time I understand why they don't. It's a huge risk to take when your game is already, it's growing. It's, it's yeah. Like why take that risk?
1: Yeah. It's a big, it's a big danger. Wizards obviously knows what they're doing. They have a lot of experience sort of regulating how their cards are valued, even though they don't take place in the secondary market. It's obviously still a huge part of the game because it's the collector aspect of it. Having vendors at your Grand Prix is a huge part of keeping people in the game and, and, sort of like, hey, look, you can get cards and then you can trade them in for something even more. That idea, I think, helps people a
2: lot too because what else, what other game can you really do that in that is not like Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh? Yeah, it's a very unique experience of like these cards are an investment and I can turn them into other cards. And, you know, if I'm smart, I can trade into cards that are, you know, going up in value, trade away mm-hmm. cards that are going down in value. Like it's a sub game I can play. It's very... It makes the ecosystem of Magic like so much more deep yeah. and so much more full,
1: and and there is something to be said about the young players that just start playing the game, that crack open the booster for the first time and get a foil planeswalker mm-hmm. or something just super epic, that really just hooks them in. And if they, and if you did that and it went more like, well, this card's not worth
2: anything because Wizards, because none of them print. are, yeah, none of them are, then you kind of lose that mystique, lose that allure. Here's something I've thought about recently. Um, and it's just food for thought. I don't know exactly know what it means, but wizards could virtually do away with the reserve list at any point they want without doing away with it. They mm-hmm. could keep the letter of their word and still do away with it. They could ban all the dual lands out of legacy, and then they could print a land called um, Underwater Sea, and Underwater Sea comes into play. on un- little well, redundant. Yeah, and it comes <laughs> into play untapped if you reveal a card from your hand. Uh-huh. and it taps for blue and black, or blue or black. It's, a non-land. It's worse than Underground C. So they're following the letter of their promise. It's not a functional reprint, mm-hmm. but it's basically the exact same. Yeah. And so in that instance, they could reprint that card as much as they wanted to, and they could get rid of Underground C by banning it out of Legacy, and they could still follow their re- reserve list promise. Now, they're not doing that, and the fact that they're not doing that tells you something.
1: Yeah. I'm glad. I like my dual Lands. You don't want an Underwater Sea? You know, I'll take a Under Earth Ocean before (laughs) I take an Underwater Sea. (laughs) We need James Bianca in here to write some better names. Yeah, Bianca's literally tearing his hair out (laughs) when he's hearing this. He's like, what are these guys doing? I don't know. Underwater Sea sounds awesome. (laughs) Underwater Sea does sound like a card that exists. Um, So a couple other things about EMA, Eternal Masters. Um, Wizards has sort of come out and said that look we're not going to invent a new format for you guys but if you wanted to make a format here's the steps you would take wink wink nudge nudge and so people are sort of clamoring for a new format that we are the community has just dubbed eternal
2: yeah I know some of the guys from um, heavy meta we're talking about this on Twitter which would be a format called eternal Mm -hmm. that would basically have the legacy ban list I think and also ban every card on the reserve list interesting it'd be like canadian highlander a uh, kind of but you could have four
1: of everything yeah exactly it would be i don't know it'd be a new format and i mean sure
2: sounds cool i would be down to try it out if i could afford it i mean there's no it sounds reason. like it'd still be expensive you still need force of wills and yeah wastelands and stuff
1: yeah at the very least i'd be happy to have a new format that seems cool and has a high power level and potentially could be played by myself the thing is, like, I can't get into Legacy because I just don't have that kind of time or cash or willingness to learn the format. But if a new format came out, it's sort of like, hey, anyone can sort of join in and hop in at the ground level.
2: Yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't even play Modern, which is basically, like, similar to that. Yeah. I mean, there's just, we're arguing about where the cutoff point is exactly, but it's basically the idea of, like, I can use my older cards in a right. format. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, that's, there's been a lot of talk about that, uh, about a format called Eternal. You can look that up. I'm sure there's threads on Reddit. Yeah, pretty interesting. There have been some effects already from the announcement of Eternal Masters, and this does affect Commander players. Um, Dual land prices have jumped. Yeah, actually. They've all gone up by 20 to 25%, which is really interesting. Yeah, I think basically all of the reserve list stuff has jumped, and it's the idea, and this is speculators, Mm -hmm. saying like, oh, Eternal Masters is going to come out. People are going to get a bunch of cards that you can play only in Legacy. They're going to want to play in Legacy. In order to play in that format, they're going to need dual lands and some of these reserve list cards So this is that response by the market. Which
1: is interesting because it's not like those cards were ever in threat of being reprinted anyway. But for now, because of this announcement, they've all jumped up a little bit.
2: Yeah, and I think dual Lands had sort of leveled out Mm -hmm. recently. They hadn't been growing at the same rate that they sort of had in the past. And that partially because with Modern's um, rise... Mm -hmm. legacy has diminished and also in recent years wizards has not supported legacy they've there's been less and less gps yeah there's no legacy pro tour uh even star city games has pulled back from legacy a little bit and so people thought that the legacy format was just going to eventually diminish and die and and if that's the case commander's the only place where you really are going to see dual lands and cube and cube and so the demand for them would not be as high and so the prices hadn't dropped they just sort of stagnated they'd been fairly level and now this is an indication that like oh this might push a bunch of people into legacy format and now there'll be demand for that stuff and so ahead of that demand i'm gonna gobble up a bunch of these dual lands and i that's honestly do think that's the
1: case I, I don't think people are gonna get pushed the legacy
2: it's so expensive i don't know you are gonna I mean, get like what you're oh
1: great eternal masters gave you like 10 cards out of a 60 card deck you still need to build but eh, that happened fun. with with modern yeah, but at the same time, the, the general price entry level is way lower. And I think if, if you really want to get into legacy, it is a complex and deep format. And it's not something that's sort of like child's play. Like you couldn't just, you know, grab a, a burn deck and be like, I can do moderately well with this in modern. You can't really do that with legacy. So I, the barrier for entry is not just the cards, but the actual skill level. And I think the knowledge you need to really play it competitively.
2: Also, there aren't that many legacy events around. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's very few. So I think that's a big barrier also is yeah. just that you could build a legacy deck and then play in one of the three GPs that
1: happen a year. Yeah. Um, I certainly could see this bubble going up and then sort of crashing back down a
2: little bit. Hopefully. I think it does kind of stink if, because our format is one of the few that would want things like dual lands and mm-hmm. some of the stuff like reserveless cards can only really be played in commander cube and uh legacy and vintage. And so yeah, we exactly. were sort of one of the major. So if you're looking to buy that stuff, I would definitely wait. Uh, mm. Because I do agree with you. I think I think there's a good possibility that right now it's being artificially bumped up so just by the announcement of EMA, Eternal yeah. Masters. But don't freak out, people. Everything's okay. I mean, freak out. It's fun to freak
1: out. Freak out excitedly.
2: Freak out!
1: Dun, 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 dun. There's a song. Freak
2: out! Boom!
1: En dun, 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 dun. fuego! Aww. Missy, Rev. All right. Um, should we talk about this controversy? Let's just touch on it. It. It, <laughs> it so was stupid. It was totally
2: stupid, and God, so pitchforks
1: were ready. Josh, everyone uh, was ready to storm the freaking I don't know the the, the silo. What do you storm with pitchforks? We, we were ready to burn the castle. The castle. We are ready, a... <laughs> we ready to burn the witch. We are ready. We are ready to define Doctor Frankenstein and hang him like like. St- it's such a
2: microcosm of the online MTG community that mm-hmm. it's like crazy. So if you don't know, here's what happened. There was a, I don't know if it started as a Reddit thread or a Twitter account, but there was a a Twitter account created that basically said, hey, vendors have had, there's some some vendors that have had the full list for the set of uh, Eternal Masters far in advance. Far in advance. And because they've had this full list, they've been doing unscrupulous things like buying up. The cards that they knew wouldn't be reprinted, selling Mm -hmm. off the cards that were going to be reprinted, blah, blah, blah. The person on Twitter claimed to have uh, photo evidence and a list of what vendors there were. And it got so heated and it got so much traction that Wizards actually released an official statement in response to the rumors this person was creating. Uh, And the official statement from Wizards, I'll read it. We're aware of the rumors that an individual is in possession of the card list for Eternal Masters. If true, this is obviously a situation we take extremely seriously. We want to ensure that the entire Magic community knows that we do not provide preferential treatment to any card vendor, distributor, or retailer, nor do we disclose detailed card set information prior to a preview season. Once we finish our investigation, we will assess what, if any, steps are needed to ensure fairness for the community. Hey, very nice response by Wizards to a very potentially dangerous issue,
1: except... Womp womp womp, womp. It was the, completely debunked. Yep. Go ahead. I, I get the Twitter account that was sort of the one, like, riling everyone up, posting about all this stuff that he'd received, which, by the way, why don't you just do it in private to Wizards? Why do you have to rile the whole community up and potentially slander some people's names? It uh, turns out he realized and found out that the person that was providing him the information was just trying to get at the vendors, I guess, and had photoshopped screenshots of these fake lists. photos, fake photos,
2: yeah, fake, fake uh, screenshots of like uh, text message conversations and stuff. I think, yeah. I mean, listen, we are not going to have all the details exactly, but the long and short of it is, according to this person who was doing the riling up, another vendor had used this person to slander the names of some other vendors. Yeah. They basically had created this whole thing up. It's not true. There, Nobody had the list for Eternal Masters early to sully the name of some competitive vendors. Mm-hmm. This is called libel, by the way. Yep. Yeah, There's not... going to probably be some lawsuits because of it, yeah. like legal action, because, yeah, this is basically like illegally... Trying to slander the the name of a bit of other businesses that are your competitors. It's pretty
1: silly. It's At the so end of the stupid. day, it turns out you should just you should calm down, take a breath before you start throwing accusations around, figure out if everything's real. By the way, this is twenty sixteen. Photoshop is a thing. Yeah, it's so crazy that it happened. I could photoshop a text conversation between Josh Kwai and the president of the United States, guys. Yeah, he's my best friend. He is Josh's best yeah, friend. Yeah, I have photo evidence to prove it. Yeah, photo evidence. And he's gonna tweet about it. No, right. I am not, and
2: none of that's true. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's my second best friend. Jimmy, you're my best friend. <laughs>
1: Yay! Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about what we want to see reprinted. This so is the, ex- the best part.
2: Yeah, the exciting part is this is the moment when the set has been announced, but they haven't released all the spoilers yet. And nope. so this is the best moment. Anything's possible. Anything. Anything's possible! Which means none of Kevin it's going to happen. Oh, that was goodness. me doing Kevin Garnett. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, which means that all of this is extremely unlikely. We don't know anything. We don't have a leaked uh, Eternal Masters (laughs) entire full set list. No. This is just our hopes and dreams. Ready to be crushed. Ready to be crushed. So, well, here we go. Uh, The number one card I would like to see is um, Mana Crypt. I
1: agree. 100%. This is the time to do it. If there is any time to reprint this card, it is
2: right now. This is your chance as much as i said it should be banned and i do believe it should be banned but it looks like that's not going to happen so if you're not going to ban it then let's make it available to everybody it should be ubiquitous like soul ring because it is that powerful i don't care if it's mythic level that's fine i don't care just make it so it's possible for people to get it
1: yeah because right now it was in a book originally and it's a judge promo that's that's those are your ways to get it that's crazy when you think about it actually yeah (laughs) um uh we also uh rev was supposed to be here he unfortunately cannot make it oh yeah we should say a lot of these cards were on rev's list yeah uh one of them which i I think would be a
2: great reprint would be jace the mind sculptor yeah that you know why not because it's 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 not legal in modern right Mm -hmm. and it's not i think it does get used in legacy but i don't think it's like a linchpin like it would be in modern it's just a card that sees some play yeah and so why not you're just giving it to cube players and commander players and it's card that's banned and it's one of the best
1: planeswalkers ever printed i meant banned in modern not banned in commander. Banned in modern yeah yeah it's a great card it, it has a very high price point i like this card a lot it's it's excellent it's not it's i not think broken level it's like, not broken yeah especially not in commander when everyone can just turn and look at you and then be like all right
2: I, swing at jace yeah i swing at jace and then i swing at jace and then he's dead yeah um And, yeah, so what happens is Jace is a good card, not an amazing card. Mm -hmm. And because of that, you don't actually want to spend that amount of money to get Jace in your commander deck. But at this point, because of the banning in Modern, it feels like you're not going to just totally hose somebody who invested a bunch of money in jace's that's already happened like they can't use jace as it is really and if you're using it in your legacy deck well you can still use it in your legacy deck that didn't hurt you yeah exactly and if
1: it's a card that's reprinted at the mythic level this happened with Charmagoy. if it doesn't tank the price it, it lowers it and then the price just climbs right back up because it's still not a very accessible card to get
2: yeah and it would probably
1: have to be mythic just because of uh draft and it was Mythic originally, too. So,
2: I, Have we ever seen that. a Planeswalker not at Mythic? I think they're always at Mythic. Yeah, I agree. I think so.
1: Uh, mana Drain. This is one of the that best. That wasn't uncommon. It wa- yeah, crazy, right? It's another just crazy uncommon like Force of Will. Um, mana Drain is one of the best counter spells in the game. It's great for Commander. It's blue, blue, counter target spell at the beginning of your next main phase. Add X to your mana pool where X is the casting cost of target spell
2: crazy yeah so you
1: get a you, you get, a, you get ramp. a ton of mana you also get a counter spell it's like it's a very bizarre card because it ramps you
2: yeah i think craig just traded a bunch of stuff for one of these at uh, i did as well for my music set. yeah i pretty, traded a bunch of cards yeah for it. they're a hundred and something right i used yeah. to have a ton of these dude because legends was the set that i first like what bought are a you bunch of packs doing up. josh what are, are you got doing out, man they got flooded. oh man yeah i, I think i had like eight or nine back in the day it was how we iconic we didn't think it, it was that good blue blue and it got flooded yeah yeah sad um day. sad day let's see oh another one i think should be reprinted and it's very similar to mana Crypt is shivam pay attention sensei's divi- yep. Sh- yep divining top
1: yep you did it sensei's divining top sensei's divining top everybody <laughs>
2: You're just doing that to, to like... Sensei's,
1: try... as it's written in, in the outline, Sensei's Diving Top. <laughs> uh, well,
2: that's <laughs> autocorrect for you. Sensei's Divining Top. This is another just Sol Ring ubiquitous level card. It's it. Yeah. Sensei's Divining Top should probably go in every Commander deck or almost every Commander deck. Um, and the reason it doesn't is because it's very expensive. Again, if you're not going to ban this card, then you need to make it available. I mean, that's... You it's don't another need one of those to, but cra- it would be nice. It's
1: another know. crazy uncommon.
2: Yeah. Oh, it was an uncommon. It's it's nuts. Ugh. I think Wes was saying he has like 20 of them or something. Oh,
1: goodness gracious. Wes. Uh, one of my favorite cards that I've always wanted to have but never have had. Uh, when I built my Kiki Jiki deck, this was like the card that you had to get if you wanted to super power level it. It's Imperial Recruiter. Oh, yeah. From Portal, right? Yeah. P3K. Uh, it's this amazing two and a red for a 1-1. When it comes into play, search your library for a creature card with power no greater than 2 uh, and then reveal that card, put it into your hand, and shuffle your library afterwards, which is pretty sweet. It's really sweet. It's a tutor. It's a creature tutor in red, which uh, does not happen very often. I'll
2: say that much. Well, plus uh, you can do things like Kiki Jiki Splinter Twin it. Yeah. You know, get multiple use off of it. Did I mention it's an uncommon? Yeah, that's well, it's an uncommon P3K Portal yeah. Three Kingdoms is the most rare set i think besides like alpha beta american specifically because yeah. it was oh, english, a bunch mean, yeah In the it's actually australian i think is the reason it's in english at all because it was not released in the united states uh i believe that's true sorry if i'm wrong it's some other it's not united states don't apologize josh i'm not sorry you tried your best um oh here's one that i would really like to have i have one but i always want more but they're just spendy and it doesn't ever seem worth it sneak attack Oh, I have like four. <laughs> you're a jerk. Three and a red for an enchantment. You pay one red. Oh, you're not talking about rocket sneak attack from Pokemon? <laughs> I gotcha. Uh, sorry. An enchantment for three and a red. You pay a red mana. Choose a creature card from your hand and put that creature into play. The creature is unaffected by summoning sickness. Sorry, I'm not reading the article. No, that's what the article is, I think. The creature gains haste. Yeah. Sacrifice the creature at the beginning of the next end step. This card, extremely powerful. Cheats stuff directly into play we all know the most broken things so this is a card Not to mention a lot of these effects usually exile the
1: creature yes uh this just sacrifices it so you can go ahead and use it again with some other regrowth method or whatever which is really exciting that card is very powerful
2: and it's an amazing commander card i might add amazing because we're playing huge stuff so when you pay one red and get you know i don't know some huge creature that I'm not thinking of <laughs> right now uh, into the battlefield, then you can just break the game. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would like to see some of the fetch lands coming
1: back. The fetch lands that have not been reprinted, I would like to see them now.
2: Misty rainforest, Verdant catacombs, Marsh flats, Arid mesa, Scalding tarn. Yes, those are the ones we need because we we just got five of them. It's weird because my binder has like a whole bunch of only half the fetch lands. I need the other ones. You need them. Yeah, you totally need them. I certainly need them. Yeah, everybody needs them, and I don't need the three hundred dollar expedition versions, although I want those. <laughs> but like, I just need functional those. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird because if my decks feel unbalanced, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I have plenty of the cons ones, but I don't have the other ones, so I'm like, oh man, I my deck should have three fetch lands in it but it can really only have one because I don't have the other yeah. two, you
1: know, blah, blah, blah. Not to mention with the new mulligan rules, uh, fetch lands are much more important because it means that you need more ways to make sure you're going to hit all your mana.
2: Because you can't cheat and just get as many lands in your opening hand as you want. Yeah, with that amazing, amazing... Partial Paris. Uh, partial Paris, yeah. I know a lot of people are frustrated by taking away the partial Paris. I actually
1: love it. Yeah, I think it's good. I think it, it, it promotes the correct stuff in the game to, to build me your the, deck correctly.
2: To me, the games have played out more like since we've used the rule, the games have played out more like how it should, which mm. is not as consistent. Slow, yeah. a little bit slower. Um, in our group, we have a lot of pretty good decks, and what happens with partial Paris is all those decks get out to a fast start. And so this is nice to be able to be it like... It is nice. It is. It's like, oh, we're getting to turn five without like, that guy's going to win next turn. Yeah. So... And that was certainly a threat that happened quite a bit
1: um how about the sword of series i talked about this on our reprints that we wanted for um uh modern masters was it
2: yeah i think it was modern masters too yeah or it might have been commander oh 20- you're right no it was, 20, it, yeah. was yeah, it was for
1: commander Yeah, it's for commander 2015 um these sword ofs are all amazing they have not been reprinted that often and they are very powerful and very cool and equipment is one of my favorite things in edh uh, I am a little afraid though because if they do this then they're just the auto first picks for so many of them. They these break backs. the
2: draft format. Yeah. I think if you had all if you had all of them like it's the draft format is just totally crazy. Yeah. Um that And honestly just... like I only want Feast and Famine and maybe a couple other ones like I don't need all of them. Yeah, I don't need all.
1: Feast and Famine is clearly the best one. It, it's the one that lets you untap all your lands when the creature does damage.
2: Yeah. So they should just do Feast and Famine. But sure. it, but it's total auto first pick. It's so good. I'll take it. Um well, here's an interesting question. Well, we did say the the Zendikar Fetchlands, mm-hmm. but the Liliana of the Veil. Vale. So, oh, right. Th- one of the questions is: Will there be modern legal cards in Eternal Masters? And we've have gotten an answer back that yes, there will be. But the focus of the set is on pre-modern. Mm-hmm. So, we don't know what that means. That that could they have Liliana of the vale? Veil? I mean, they could. Will they? I don't know. I don't
1: know. It'd be nice. There are rumors because Shadows of Innistrad is coming out and Liliana is originally from Innistrad that she will be sort of at that expedition level rarity if they decide to keep that trend up along with Snapcaster Mage and that she will be seeing a reprint but not in Eternal Masters. She'll see it in some crazy way for... uh, They'll do
2: like... um, I I know this is a rumor and it's unsubstantiated. So it's just something people are saying, which I I personally don't even believe, but... Just so you know what we're talking about, people have said there's going to be something called like Echoes of Innistrad or Innistrad Echoes or yeah. some sort of echo. Echo, echo. Innistrad, and Innistrad, Innistrad. And those will be the Innistrad uh, equivalent of expeditions. And they'll mm-hmm. do things like a special Liliana of the Veil, vale, Snapcaster Mage, a few others. Uh, maybe Geist or something like that. It yeah. seems very unlikely to me. I feel like yeah, I think we want to keep Expedition special. They were a throwback to the hidden treasures or whatever. <clears throat> yep. From original Zendikar. This I don't think this is a, a thing they're going to do in every set now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they could and they could. From a business perspective, there are compelling arguments why they would. I, if I were a betting man, and I am, I would bet against it though. Yeah, and at a certain point, you lose.
1: It's a. It's not something that gets keeps getting better over time. Eventually, you're gonna run out of juicy targets to make expeditions,
2: and you'll desensitize people to it too. Like right now, people are like just cracking paths, cracking packs of Oath and Battle for Zendikar because they're like, I might get an expedition. But if every set has that equivalent, then they won't do that anymore. Yeah, it'll just be something that just happens, and it'll lose what makes it special. Now, Josh, what I want to know is.
1: Is it time for another modern legal card to be reprinted? Is it time for damnation?
2: Ever since we started the show, <laughs> like literally every ever since like episode one, we have been like, when is the damnation reprint happening? It's about damn time. It's about damnation time. Yep. Uh, I've just, I'm, I am just i am i do not know. I'm They got me. I'm beat. I'm totally beat down. I don't believe it's going to happen. Just because I, I sort of don't believe it'll ever happen <laughs> at this point. I hope it still does.
1: I think this would be a good time to do it. If there has ever been a time, I feel like Eternal Masters has to be it. It wasn't in From the Vault Annihilation. Maybe it's because it was supposed to be a Modern Masters 25th. No, it wasn't in that. Maybe it's because it's supposed to be in Eternal Pass.
2: Listen, we've had... Since we started the podcast, we had conspiracy conspiracy didn't come out there could have very easily we had Mm -hmm. another commander product 2014 there was mono colored mono black could have come there didn't come there we had modern masters 2015 could have easily been there didn't happen we had another commander product could have been there wasn't there eternal masters this is like our sixth at bat can we just hit a home run this one time just come on damnation we could do it i'm all about it i'm all about it it could happen Yeah. So you're saying there's a chance. So you're saying there's a
1: chance, huh? I would actually look at some of the from the vault targets, uh, from the vault as in like places to look at cards that potentially could be reprinted because that is when uh, they sort of release limited amounts into the market. It doesn't really affect the price, but they're all very cool targets and a lot of them are not legal and modern Mm because they are sort of like historic cards from
2: Magic's history. All right. this is a pretty good list. I'm happy with it. Yeah. If we see two of the cards we talked about, I'll be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> should we just start naming off more cards? Fasuva, <laughs> brings a Bright hurt No, it's actually lowering the... Uh, <laughs> I think of it. as increasing my chances. Say, no, because if we're only going to two, we should have only said two and just said the two best. Oh, true. Now we're going to get two of like a bigger list. What are
1: the two best? Mana Crypt and... Uh, mana Drain. Mana Drain, yeah. Those They're are the both, two of most expensive. They both expensive. have mana in them. Yeah. Great. Well, I, I need mana. I need Mana. I Imperial mean, Recruiter would be pretty sweet
2: too. Yeah, well, oh, they all would be sweet. I just, I don't know. Maybe we'll get top. I just want to know. Top.
1: I want to know what the Comet Storm of the set's going to be. I want to know what the Mythic is that you open and you go, oh man, yeah. But then you win the draft with it, so I don't know. Wastelands at only rare—that's pretty crazy. That is pretty crazy. the The price of Wasteland will definitely see a drop. Yeah, which is good because it's a card we can play. Yeah, I won't feel so bad putting one of my original Wastelands in my decks now. I need to get that expedition wasteland. Ugh, it's not cheap. Yeah, I haven't. No, I'm not going to buy it. I'm just going to keep opening packs. Oh, that's a great. That's yeah. No, don't do that, people. Don't do that. Don't follow in Josh's <laughs> don't crazy do footsteps. it. Do what
2: I say, not what I do. All right, all right. To the listeners, before we go, we do our to the listeners questions. I wanted to say that I've had a lot of fun reading everyone's tall tales. Yeah, they've been
1: a blast. There's some of them are crazy. Some of them have combos that make me go, huh. Maybe I have one of
2: those cards in my deck. I could put the other one in. I know it actually makes you start like thinking about building your deck in a crazy way, just to like replicate some of the stories that you've yeah. heard. So I wanted to read a sample story, and just we're just going to give out some packs here because we feel like it. Yes, that's why two of the listeners exist, right, Josh? That is right. So <laughs> here is a sample tall tale that I found particularly uh, amusing. It says, so far, my favorite moment in EDH was actually in me and my wife's very first game. We had both played Magic before, but we were new to EDH. Our friend was playing, I can't remember who, but he played Kiki Jiki and made a huge army of critters and swung out. And I was like, is, what is this infinite, this infinite nonsense? <laughs> and I was all confused and started picking my stuff up. And then my wife is like, does this do a thing? And plays Fog. And the entire shop erupted. Her signature card is Fog in all its various forms now. That got us hooked. Keep up the great work, guys. Hey. That's definitely a Josh Lee quiet story if I've ever heard one. <laughs> I love it. She's like, Oh, does this stop that infinite combo? Yep. And I could just see everybody being like, Oh, it's fog! why Yeah. Fog. Oh my
1: gosh, you did. It. It's like why I put Rakdos charm in my decks, you know? It's like you just want that one gotcha
2: moment. Yep. Oh, you think you you won? No, you lose. No, you lose. You lose hard. <laughs> it's uh It's, it's like, f- Oh, you're all tapped out?
1: Whoopsies. <laughs>
2: It's great. And I also love the part of the story where it becomes like her signature thing. So it's like, yeah. she's like the fog. Like, that's her thing. The that's, fog queen. Yeah, that's, yeah, exactly. It's like you get like a nickname out of it and you get a whole, that that's pretty cool. I still yeah. am hoping for my cool magic nickname. I don't know what it would be. I'm um, Jimmy the Red. Yeah. I don't, I'm, I mean, I'm five color, but it's not as cool as like fog or like. Yeah, it's true. And I'm sort of mad she's got fog because I would want fog as mine. I'm not going to call you fog though. That's just boring. Fog Lord. Fog lord Foggy McFogerson. <laughs> we'll work on the name. Um so that was from Brandon rains Brandon, email your mailing address to commandcast at rocketjump.com and we'll send uh some packs out to you and your wife. Maybe I'll find a fog to send out to you as well. Constant miss or something. Constant cool. miss, yeah. Fog
1: frog. Um this week's question to the listeners, please tweet, email, comment on the YouTube video or on rocketjump.com slash the command zone. What is the single card that you most want to see reprinted in Eternal Masters, and why? Now, you're not limited to just one, but, you know, for the sake of brevity. We
2: brevity want to know sake. what, put all of your weight behind one card. Uno. We want to know what card it is that you really, really want. We yeah. don't want to know what five cards you sort of want. You gotta want it bad, You gotta too, want right? it.
1: Yeah, you gotta want it real bad.
2: Let us know. Let us know. Command Cast
1: on Twitter, rocketgym.com slash commandzone, youtube.com slash Podcast. It's all there. All right. Command case at rocketjump.com. Uh, now we're going to move on to the answer where we talk about something cool outside of the world of magic. I have something. Uh, this. Uh, so, uh, for the Rocket Jump Shorts team, we are doing a martial arts esque video this week. So, we've been watching a lot of random kung fu movies in the background. And I was reminded of one that is one of my favorite movies. Uh, it features Donnie Yen, who is on the up and up. The guy's super cool. Is it it, man? It's Ip Man. Yeah. Love it. Ip Man I P Space M A N. It's about Donnie Yen just being like, of course, the village savior, as these movies usually are. And he knows Wing Chun, which is a very like close combat style of quick, fast moves. And like if you ever see someone punching them and it looks like they're a little like train engine going with their fists. Yeah, it's like grr, grr. Grr. that's what Wing Chun is. Uh it's very cool. The movie's great. It's got tons of amazing action scenes in it. A little bit of Chinese propaganda, too, but we'll ignore that. Uh, but the movie's great. Donnie Yen's awesome. He's also going to be in that new Star Wars movie coming out at uh, end of this year. Rogue One. Very exciting. I so. think Ip Man 3 just came out recently, it right? It did. It yeah. has Mike Tyson in it. Yeah. When I was in Hong Kong, we saw <laughs> posters for it everywhere, and I was just like, what is this movie all about? <laughs> Donnie Yen's awesome. I love Donnie Yen. Yeah, the guy is like 60 years old. He looks like he's 27.
2: Yeah, he still moves better than I do.
1: Yeah. Really crazy. It's a little embarrassing. So yeah, make sure you guys brush up on your favorite Kung Fu movies or Ip Man if you haven't seen it.
2: And also, you should definitely go to the Rocket Jump uh page or Rocket Jump on YouTube and see these new short videos that Jimmy and his squad have been putting out. Woo-hoo. It's every two weeks, right? Yep, every two weeks. And by the time... So this will be the third one? They come out on Tuesdays, just like this podcast. They come out on Tuesdays. So if you're listening to this, then it's out. There are, eh, what, five to seven minutes or so? Yeah. Anywhere from four to five to six, it, it depends. This week's is called Sleep Fight. Sleep Fight. They're great videos. If you were a fan of Rocket Jump videos in the past, they're in that same vein. Um, Jimmy and his team are doing a really awesome job. If you've got Thanks. five minutes, you definitely have to check them out. Yeah, they're all they're all very entertaining at the very least. Super high production value, cool effects, really well written, funny it's great stuff not losing any sleep over it no <laughs> i'm sure you're not I, yeah also i see jimmy approximately like 80 percent less than i used to
1: yeah that's true we used to play a lot more magic and now i'm doing a lot more work i'm pl- i have like three jobs right now it's pretty intense
2: good times yeah
1: their times all right that's all what we right call
2: high class problems Jay. high class problems yeah uh see speaking of high class our sister podcast, The Masters of Modern, <laughs> is a high-class pro, uh, podcast. You should definitely check them out. You can find them on Twitter at the MMCast. Alex and Ben talk about the modern format and all things competitive magic. Yeah. You can find them uh, on com under the podcast tab right next to us. Again, The Masters of Modern. Pretty good. Our editor for the show is Terry Robertson, and special thanks to Jeffrey
1: Palmer, who provides all of the living card animations on our videos That's right. We have videos. Make sure you guys check those out. You can follow Jeffrey. He's done some amazing work at living cards, MTG, and you can go watch our videos with full on animated intros and transitions and cards. See every card, see every card. You can watch it. And so you, we don't have to like mispronounce something. You can just see how you'd pronounce it. YouTube.com slash the (laughs) command zone podcast.
2: You see also just, uh, you can see how you'd pronounce it. Sorry. I'm still laughing at that. Um, (laughs) And just a reminder, no show next week. Right. We'll be back the following week and March, March 12th, 12th. Live stream, March 12th, live stream, live stream. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next time. Peace. Out. Thank you for your
0: attention.